hope you have your fall evenings clear because Boston College just released their schedule and they're going to be playing a lot of night games. All of this and more on today's episode of Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is got you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head on over to Bet Online where the game starts. Okay, so folks, we've already learned of a few different Boston College football starting times for their games in the 2022 season. Well, four new start times were announced by the ACC today. And I have to say I'm a little confused by who was actually announced and who was old news because BC's release had Rutgers start time release. But I swear I talked about them being a noon start for years uh, for like months now. So they announced that as the official start time that Rutgers is starting at 12. But the bigger news to me is a whole slew of night games that are coming up. So the second game against Virginia Tech at Blacksburg on a, I think, uh, Saturday night is going to be a night game. The game against Maine. Maine, the Black Bears in FCS school, is a 7.30 start, which blew my mind. I, I We'll talk about all these in just a second. And then Duke, later in the season, is also a night game, which is a Friday night game, so I get that. They also announced that UConn will be a 12 o'clock start. And so with that, we know about six of the games. We, you can add in the um, Notre Dame game, which is going to be, I think, a 2.30 start. And so the 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 surprise factor here for BC football is kind of lessening a little bit. And that's okay. But let's look at some of these games because I think some of them really do surprise me. First of all, I want to get into the Virginia Tech game. The Hokies. I have said all along, I think BC should be the favorite in this game, even if it's on the road, for one big factor, that Virginia Tech, they're going to get them early, and that the Hokies have a brand new coach. And it usually takes a little while for a team to turn it around, especially after a rough season like 2021. Add in that uh, Virginia Tech probably has the most transfers from their program in the entire ACC, and you just have to imagine that this program is going to take a little bit of time for Brent Bry to kind of uh, Brent Pry, excuse me, to turn things around for the Hokies. So I I thought immediately like okay, so Virginia Tech should be uh, on the in the win column because it just it just fell in the right spot for BC. I'm a little nervous right now because. It's a night game at Lane Stadium. Lane in Blacksburg is crazy. I mean, I'm not. T- I, you guys know. You if you are old enough to remember the Matt Ryan game in 2007, you've seen Enter Sandman there. Blacksburg gets pretty lubed up on and ready to go on a Saturday night, and that adds a little bit of a factor that could go in in um, favor of Virginia Tech. So I'm a. I, I honestly look at this and go, oof. I'm not happy that this is a night game. I'm happy any night game happens. But for the sake of Virginia Tech, I always think of that stadium as just like any other stadium during the day. It's kind of like normal. It's not anything super crazy. But when they play at night, it turns into like Bedlam there. And 
BC drew Bedlam, so it's going to be a tougher out for BC to start the stadium season. That being said, I still stand by my my prediction that Virginia Tech is just going to take a little bit of time to get things going, especially with all these new faces there. So, you know, will I would I pick BC there? Yeah. Is it a little bit tighter now? Probably. Okay? So that's the first big surprise for me. The second big surprise is the main game. How? When was the last time Boston College played an FCS squad at night? I have gone back in my records, and I can't find any FCS team that has played Boston College at a night game. Now, this is an interesting conversation all in its own because this now makes this game interesting. Because for fans, the the FCS game, you guys have said it a million times, right? It's just a, it's a waste of time. You go there, you tailgate, you go have some fun, and then you move on, right? Now it's a night game. Night games at Boston College are always special events. It doesn't matter who BC's playing. The fans, they get crazy. They get there. They barbecue. They have a good time. Now they get to do it at a game that usually doesn't matter at all. BC has won both, all three games against Maine in their history. Uh, but this this game now is not just the typical like noon you know, you sit, you tailgate, you watch the game, and then you leave at halftime because BC's up by like 30. Now it's 7.30 at night. It's a night game. It's going to be on the ACC network. Um, and I have to say, I'll, I'll take you just from my perspective, and I know some of you who listen are in the same perspective as I am. I, I posed a question last week. My three-year-old, who is obsessed with Jeff Halfley right now because he saw him shoot the shoot the T-shirt cannon at the spring game and thought that was the coolest thing he has ever seen, he he said, "Dada, I want to go back to a BC. I want to go to Boston College for uh, for football." He said, "I want to see Halfley." I'm like, "Okay." So I posed the question on Twitter: What type of game should I take my son to? Should I take him to a good game like Clemson or um, Louisville? Or should I take him to a, um, you know, just a, a a game that doesn't really matter that BC's going to smoke and, and would be like a noon game? So I said like Rutgers or Maine or even like Syracuse, right? And, and overwhelmingly, all of you responded back with, he's young, he's not going to know, just take him to a game where you don't really need to watch him. So I had already penciled in and I was telling my, my parents like, okay, we're going to the main game. Well, my son goes to bed at 7 o'clock at night. This game is at 7.30, and I saw someone, a nice you know, BC football fan, great guy, said, oh, you could take him to that game. So I'm like, ah, you know, my son is going to be so tired and grouchy because the game starts before his, after his bedtime starts. So for the people with young kids that use the FCS game as an excuse to go, that kind of takes that away from us. But you know what? I don't care. That's fine. I can find, I can go to the Rutgers game. There's other games I can go to. I'm just saying, it just changed that. And it does change, like, a lot of times, not just for me. Like, they have a lot of the youth groups that go to those games, like young popcorn football teams, local high schools. Uh, they have a lot of guest groups that come in for those types of games. I'm sure with it being a night game, it's going to be a little different. But you know what? Again, it's okay because the fans are going to pack it just because it's a night game. So I think that is a cool feature. And now in a moment, I'm going to wrap up my discussion on the uh, upcoming schedule to talk about what I'd like to see with the remaining games. Now, if you're like me, you love to look at the latest odds. And what better place to go than Bet Online? They continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. 
Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball players, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL and NCAA futures up on their site. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So you need to make sure to head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends in action. Head on over to BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so Boston College released those four games. We talked a little bit about the main game, the Virginia Tech game. Those are two really interesting um, twists to where BC is going to be playing. So we have a couple night games already on schedule. And the third night game Boston College has is against Duke. Duke is a Friday night game. We already knew that BC was going to be playing at a night game because it's a Friday night game. So this, uh, this isn't a complete uh, surprise. It's going to be on the ESPN network. So if there's a few of you out there that still don't have the ACC network, I know they clarified and cleared up that Comcast issue. But the ESPN, I think it's ESPNU, is going to have the Duke game. So a night game for that. I, you know what? I think that's fine. And I love, <laughs> I love that when BC gets a night game against a Southern team later in the season. It's in, I believe this game is the first weekend in November. It's going to be a little chilly. Um, this will be a perfect game for BC to uh, win, and I, I don't, I, I, again, I don't like to disrespect opponents. I'm just saying that Duke was a really bad team in 2021. They got a, I liked their coach. They hired Mike Elko out of Texas A&M, their former defensive coordinator, a guy I thought would be a great fit for Boston College at one point. I just think he's going to be a guy that's going to take a little bit of time. That offense is a mess. They, you know, they just lost um, Mateo Durant, um, their running back. So I like that being a night game. I think BC that should be an easy win for the Eagles. And the final game that came up was the game against UConn. I saw UConn announce this. The other ones came up during the ACC um, press releases. This one came up through UConn. It's going to be a noon game. No surprise there. The game is going to be in stores. Um, I'm glad it's a noon game. I'm glad this is not a night game because um, I believe it was 2004, 2003 that BC went to stores. And that was the infamous game where the drunk UConn fans started throwing batteries at the BC fan buses. Don't need another repeat of that. You know, I, I'm getting the sense that UConn fans are really buying into the Jim Moore Jr. hype, which, God bless him, go for it. Um, but I, I'd rather have this game in the middle of a nice, lit, middle-of-the-day type of event. And uh, they get that. So they'll get be able to go down there and win by, you know, 30 points or whatever against UConn and then move on from there. So that's the last of those games. Now, we know a couple other games moving on. We know that... Sorry, just one more game. We know about the Notre Dame game. That's a 2.30 start. I believe they haven't announced the official uh, um, television network for this, but it's going to be NBC. It's not, it's at Notre Dame. It's going to be an NBC game. So it's the middle of the day. I I, I think for me, 2.30 and 3.30s are my favorites. Um as a young father having kids that wake up at the at the crack of dawn, like I'm not the biggest fan of having to stay up and you know do all my work and then go to bed and get up five hours later. Three o'clock games are perfect, so I'm, I'm happy for that. I also think the Clemson game is gonna be opted to be a night game. They haven't announced the official timing of it, but it's the Red Bandana game. Um, the ACC, I feel like they haven't announced it as an official thing, but every time Boston College announces a red bandana game the ACC kicks it up to the night game not just not just because it's a good game I and mean, Clemson and BC should be a good one this year but because they love to tell and and rightfully so the the Wells Crowther story so that game should be a night game 
Now, the rest of the games that BC has, you have games against Louisville, NC State, Wake Forest, and Syracuse. At least three of those games, I could in Florida State, excuse me, four of those games out of five, I could see opted into a decent time slot, given how these teams are projected to go, right? Wake Forest and BC, depending on where Wake and BC is, could get pumped up. Same with NC State. Heck, the same with Louisville. I don't think Syracuse, I'm still thinking Syracuse and Florida State will probably be new games. Uh, but we are kind of starting to see it solidify. Now, the rest of those games, the ones that were just kind of spitballing where I think they could go, those all happen based off of, you know, I think it's a two-week hold that the ACC does where you wait two weeks. Uh, it gives the conference a chance to kind of opt in and pick the best games to move up to primetime slots on the best networks. Um, and I think BC should be in a lot of those conversations this year, no matter who they're playing, whether it's Wake Forest, Clemson, uh, NC State, Louisville. I think they're going to be you know, a team that's going to be attractive because you have Phil Dracovic and Zay Flowers. Those are big-time names that the common fans, as long as BC is playing well, are going to know about. So I think those are uh, that's kind of where the schedule is at. I don't expect to hear any more um, additions to their schedule in terms of timing and kickoffs, but if you do, uh, if I do, I'll put it up on AJ Black underscore BC or at Locked On BC on Twitter. So make sure to check that out. Now, in our final segment, we're going to do a brief little mailbag today where I go over some of the questions that y'all have about Boston College, and most of them are about the football team. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black, thank you all for listening. And for all of you who made Locked On Boston College your number one listen, your first listen every day this week, I want to thank each and every one of you. You guys are the MVP of this podcast. Thank you so much. And if you have not already, recommend us to your family and friends that like Boston College sports. Don't recommend them to the fans of UConn or UMass. They're not going to want to listen to me. Um, But recommend us and tell them about our podcast. It's the best way to get our word of mouth about this show out to other people who like uh, might like to hear it. So if you do that, give you a special shout out as well. And I want to wish each and every one of you a happy Memorial Day. I know it's been a tough week with the news down in Texas and last week because of Buffalo. I'm not going to get into the, the details, but it's been a tough week, I think, for all of us. And hopefully you get to spend some time with family and friends and uh, really love your the loved ones close to you. Um, now, we have a mailbag every week here. I've, I have to admit, I haven't been a good I have not been a good host in picking questions over the last couple of weeks because I've had some things that I really wanted to talk about. Um, so we're going to go into some questions. Um, I have quite a few today, and I had to talk about the scheduling stuff, so I'm going to try to get in as many as I can, and I apologize if they're quick. Rider424 on our Discord channel, who are that's for premium subscribers if you want to join it, says, is there a chance that the AD hire drags on long enough to save Gambino? I think that's a fair question to ask. But I think the AD search, I think we're going to start to hear things in the next couple weeks. And in the next couple weeks, baseball's still playing. So I think BC could hire an AD and then in the next couple weeks after that, hire a uh, baseball coach, say by like July 1st. So I don't think that will be an excuse. I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, this is just going to buy Gambino another year. If, Gamb- if the athletic department thinks that Gambino is not doing what it takes to push this program forward, no matter who jumps in, they will make that move. I wouldn't be surprised if they make the move without an AD, but you know, it, could, it, it probably won't, but I'm just thinking out loud here. So I don't think an a, a, a lack of an AD will keep that out, okay? Um, 
Bobson asks AJ, as school recruits higher profile players, does the recruiting cycle tend to lengthen? Does it lengthen for those who are teams known as conference leaders versus schools climbing the ladder? If it lengthens, what makes it take for what may, what makes it take longer for commitments to be made? Has the idea of players be, making endorsement money made this more complicated? And how real is that endorsement money in terms of the percentage of recruits that will ultimately be a benefit? Lastly, how does a school facing a longer recruiting cycle keep the conversation fresh? let alone going. Great question, Bobson. Thank you for asking that, Bob. That's Robert Johnson who writes for our podcast, uh, writes for our site, bcbulletin.com. So does it really lengthen it out? It does. Let's look at uh, one recruit BC's looking at right now, and one of my favorites that BC's targeting in the class of 2023, and that's Roderick Pleasant, a cornerback from California. This is a kid that is showcasing a lot of elite potential and has BC in the thick of things with USC, Oregon, and a couple other West Coast schools. Now, this kid just broke the California state record for uh, various track events, uh, I, some some sprinting events. I think that's 100. Uh, 200, excuse me. This kid is absolutely elite, but do I expect him to, like, he's visiting Boston College in a couple weeks. Will he come back and then commit, like, a lot of, like, kind of mid-tier three stars? No. He's going to take his time. He's going he's gonna to visit a lot of schools he's going to visit or the schools that he's interested in. And I think he's going to make a informed decision. Now you asked the question about endorsements and NIL. That certainly does take a, a factor here, especially since he's looking at USC, who is just dumping boatloads of cash at every elite recruit that they're going after. You have to put that into consideration when you're looking at these recruits. So I think it does kind of muddy up the waters and what Boston college has to do to kind of, uh, get into the game. They need to figure out how they're going to get their NIL deals for players as well. I just saw CJ Clink scales of running back coming into BC saying that he already has his NIL on NIL deal before heading. And I think it was an esports company. So BC does have some stuff going on. I'm not sure if that was BC or maybe one of their, um, maybe it was Clink scales on his own. I'm not sure, but the big, the bigger story here is yeah, the, the more elite recruits guys like Arch Manning, uh, some of these other big-time recruits that are going around, they're going to – it's almost like free agency. Like, where can I get the most money and do the best to move my career forward? Guys like Roderick Pleasant, he's certainly going to be a guy that might consider some of those other things. But the way he talks, I don't think he's going to be a huge, like, I need an NIL deal to go here. He he really likes Halfley. But it's going to take some time. I think the the the, the to answer your question – you need to wait a little bit for these. And it's going to be weirder because as someone who's covered BC recruiting for a couple years now, you're used to June and May just being a, a smorgasbord of commitments because that's what they go for. They get these three stars that are just happy to get to BC. They're good and they're talented, but they're, they 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 commit quick. BC's got some kids now, and I've, I've talked a lot about some of the names that they're looking at that are going to probably slow play this. So it's going to be a different approach for Halfley. It's going to be a different approach for Boston College as well. How are they going to be able to 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 not jump at, okay, so this guy's going to do this. What do we do about the guys that are behind him? So it'll be interesting to see how Halfley plays. It's definitely going to be different, um, but we'll have to wait and see. Thanks, Bobson, for that great question. DJDJ2288 on Instagram says, do you see BC landing a five-star player under Halfley? And what do you think the future of BC football is going to look like coming in the few in the coming years? Do I see BC landing a five-star under Halfley? 
I don't see one this year. I don't see anyone coming up next year. So it's hard to say because it kind of links into what I'm going to say in just a minute. He probably has one more year after that where I would say whether he has a chance to do it because I think what's going to happen over the next couple of years. Here's my vision of where BC is going to go. Is BC going to be a ACC Atlantic uh, top tier team? They're gonna win some team. They're gonna win some games. I'm not gonna say they're gonna be like Clemson or they're gonna be this top notch program. But what I would love to see BC do, and I think Halfley can do it, is bring Boston College back to the Tom O'Brien level of play, where they're in the top 25 for chunks of the season. They're competing against good teams. They might have some WTF losses here and there, but they're they're going to be in a better shape than they were under Adazio and Spaziani. That's where I see them going. And with him bringing BC up to, you know, nine wins and, you know, maybe for a couple of years or some big top 25 wins, which I do think is going to happen. I think <laughs> your question about the five stars, I think he only has a couple of years because as I said, I think maybe three years more at BC before another school might snatch him up. And, and that, that kind of goes the other way too, right? If I'm wrong, and he starts to fail, he will not be here in a couple years. Because if BC continues just to be a six-win team, seven-win team, is that the answer? Is that what you want? Or is, is halfway maybe not the right answer? So I think either way, I don't see BC being a five-star, uh, getting one in the next couple of years. I've looked at the kids that they've been recruiting in 23-24. I don't see it yet. 25, they may, but I, I, I'm i not there yet. I apologize. Um the Abataya fan club asked a question, and I think I've answered this before, and I, I said it was a great question in DMs, but I want to answer it. Who has done better compared to expectations thus far, Halfley or Earl? Saying that Halfley had good expectations and Earl had none, I'm going to go with Earl Grant right now because he's got a bad, bad, bad pro- – he took a bad program with absolutely zero expectations and made people excited about it, while Halfley has taken a program that was a six-wing team and made them a six-win team. So that, to me, is an easy guess. That's Earl Grant just after year one, though. I'm telling you, it could have just been a flash in the pan, one quick thing for him. We have to wait to see what he does in year two. And then we're going to wrap things up with our friend Chris, who asks, are there any coaches you would choose for BC over Halfley other than Spaziani or Adasio? Uh, Mitch will be glad to know that I would choose Halfley over Dabo, which, okay. Um, and I asked him, I said, so to clarify, do you want realistic coaches or any coach? He said, your choice. Okay. So any coaches I would take over Jeff Halfley right now? Obviously, I mean, I would take Nick Saban. I mean, you'd be dumb not to say that. Same thing with Kirby Smart. Those are two easy ones. Um, but my personal favorite, the guy that would be my my dream here, and many of you who have listened to me talk before uh, know he's my absolute favorite coach in college football is Ryan Day. And it's Jeff Halfley's buddy, right? Um, I think Ryan Day is an absolutely incredible coach. Uh, he's a great person, um, and a, and a, and I think he would have been a great fit if Boston College could have got him when he was starting to get hot. You know what I mean? He's a quarterbacks coach. He knows how to coach an offense. Um, he just he's got everything. So for in terms of like big time coaches, Ryan Day is my my man, right? And then Chris asked the final question: What? Would who would be? Oh, sorry. What would be my walk-up song? So, any of you who watch baseball or wrestling, you know this is a walk-up song. That's like your entrance music, basically. So, for me, like, what would be my entrance music? 
I had one actually when I used to show when I was on Nicole Arabak's. I think it was Nicole Arabak. No, actually, it wasn't Nicole Arabak. It was someone else on the ACC network. I would, I would be a, a regular guest on their show. I don't think she does radio anymore. And they used "Back in Black" by ACDC, obviously with AJ Black. Um, I love that. I'm not. I'm. I love ACDC. I love rock and hip hop. So for me, I would. I would like to have a couple. "Back in Black" is a good one for me. I'm also a big fan of. Shook Ones Part 2 by Mob Deep. I think that would be my hip-hop one. I love that. Just like the, the beat of it. It's just nice and... It's got like a nice flow to it. And then Push It by Rick Ross um, would be my, my kind of third one. Um, all depending on the mood of the game or, or where I'm entering. Um, those are my three. So Back in Black, Shook Ones by Mob Deep, and Push It by Rick Ross. Thank you all for listening. Have a great Memorial Day, everyone. If you have not done so, please, please, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Just hit that subscribe button. It doesn't cost you a thing. It does a huge, uh, it does help our podcast grow. So thank you all for listening. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, and we'll see you all again on Tuesday. There will not be a show on Monday.